0: We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A dot com. Thanks for listening. Amen. You guys can be seated. Hey, if this is your first time here, I'm so excited that you are. My name is Emma, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and this is amazing. Guys, we get to meet at a middle school. How cool is that? Listen, I think it's pretty cool. I, I'm going to need you to be really loud, okay? I come from youth ministry, <laughs> and uh, students are loud and yell at me, so I'm going to need you to talk back to me a little bit today. How many of you um, were here last week? Anybody? Yes? Yes? Man, it was good. This has been a good series, and I'm so excited. Next week, we'll wrap up this series. We're going to talk about making a difference. Last week, we talked about finding freedom. We kind of used Harriet Tubman as a reference, but we used the Bible and backed up with amazing truths about how we can find freedom. And we talked about groups, and I just wanna say, if you haven't connected with a group, today is a really good day to sign up for your group. We have groups happening all the time. My group is a women's group, and we happen on Wednesday nights at 6.30. Uh, Yes, there was a typo last week, my apologies but you can sign up online. So make sure you take advantage of that. If you need more information, you can get that at the Next Steps uh, Center. Today, we're gonna be talking about our third value here at Hope Church, and that is that we believe we can help you discover your purpose. I wanna tell you that God has created you on purpose for a purpose. As a matter of fact, I don't wanna limit God at all. I believe that he's made us on purpose for multiple purposes. And if you're a woman, you know. (laughs) You have multiple purposes. Men, you have multiple purposes in your life. Right? Come on. Come on. You get to be a dad. And you get to be a, a man of valor. These are amazing things. We are multifaceted people. You know what else is multifaceted? Legos. Legos are like my children's greatest joy and my biggest pain, okay? Can we just be honest? If if Lego finds the sole of your foot in the dark in the middle of the night, you will say words that you should probably not say, right? You say words that your kids probably shouldn't hear because those things hurt. Are, we, are you guys with me here? So my kids, I've been collecting Legos since my son was old enough to play with Legos, probably around four or five. So I've got the big Legos, like the Duplo, and then I've got the little Legos. I probably have more Legos than any human should possibly have. We have totes and totes, and I'm talking totes of Legos in our house. And now my daughter loves Legos too. She's four, and she has the Friends Legos. So now we have all of those Legos as well. What you get when you get a Lego set is you get a box, and on the box is a picture, right? And it tells you what is inside of that box. What would happen, though, if you opened the box and you went to build the Legos, and there was no pamphlet, and there was no directions? I'm creative, but I can guarantee you, I would build something that would look nothing like the front of the Lego box. It would look terrible because I didn't have the directions, and I wouldn't know what it was supposed to be created for. I wouldn't know how to put it together. I would be lost. And my kids would, too. Now, here's a fun fact, though. They have put all of the booklets online. You can literally flip through every booklet and find one. So now, I don't have to save those stupid things anymore. Yay, Lego. So smart. But the truth of the matter is today that if you want to know your life's purpose, you're going to have to tap into the Creator. If I want to know how to build a Lego set, I'm going to need that booklet. I'm going to need to know how the Creator wanted me to put that thing together. And the same is true for us spiritually. The same is true for us in this life. and We have a purpose, but we're going to have to find something greater than us to discover that purpose. So this morning, I want to point you to the directions that are going to help you build a life of purpose. I want to help you unwrap what this Lego life is all about. You can build something that brings you great joy and serves the function for which the Creator intended you. It is going to be an amazing discovery. But I want to start with this simple truth. Every person, no matter their station, Or their natural talent, or their abilities, no matter if they sipped from a silver spoon or drank from a dirty well, each and every person was created in the image of God. Every one of us, an image bearer for the Creator of all things. And He made us on purpose. And He had a purpose for your life that you would bring, uh, that would bring you a joy beyond compare. Someone has said that the greatest days of your life are the day that you're born and then the day that you figure out why. Come on. The day you're born and the day you figure out why you were born. Today is the day. If you haven't figured it out yet, to discover your purpose and to begin to fulfill it. I want to start by telling you, if you don't already know, that we are spiritual beings. We are created in the image of God with a spirit and eternal nature. It's part of who we are because it is part of who God is. But if we ignore this, we're ignoring the directions and attempting to build our lives by guesswork. And I'm telling you, if I tried to do that with Legos, it would be an ugly thing. Right, And the same is true in our lives. And we try to ignore the fact that we are spiritual, like with a Lego set, you might figure some things out. You might figure out where some of those bricks are supposed to go, but you're not going to be able to put it all together as intended so that it can function for the purpose that it was created. So when we recognize that we're spiritual beings and we, um, that we have a creator who intended us to live fulfilling, joyful Lives, he said he wanted us to have an abundant life. That means over the top, okay? That means cup running over life. That means joy and fulfillment and satisfaction and peace, all of those things. If you realize this, you're gonna be on the right track to discover your purpose. I also wanna begin with the premise that there are purposes for your life. God is not narrow or single faceted, okay? He is not narrow, and He has many purposes for you. But when we figure out the basis or the foundation of our purpose, we'll be well on our way to living that life that we desire. So the first point I want to make this morning is that every purpose in your life, every purpose begins with Christ. And this is what it says in the book of Colossians. I'm reading out of the message version. It says, we look at this son, as Jesus, and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose in Everything he created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything. God started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence, and he holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together together. Like a head does the body. There are those who would say that the church is dying. And I say it cannot die. Because its leader is Christ. And Christ is resurrected and will never taste death. And the church will always live on. Christ is the foundation of purpose for your life He is the foundation of the church. He is the foundation of everything. He's like the Lego base plate, like the green grass base plate, right? The big one on which we build our life. So if you want to discover your true purpose in life, you have to begin with the one who created you and his son, Jesus, who was sent to redeem you and your purpose. This morning, I want to tell you very simply the truth About your purpose. Your purpose is to know God. And to know God, you have to go through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one can come to the Father but by me. So we need to recognize in our lives first that we're sinners in need of saving. If you've ever lied, if you've ever stolen, if you've ever done any of the things the Ten Commandments tell us are against the will of God, We can start with the 10. Let's talk about the 365 other laws that are in the Leviticus, right? Not not those. But if we just even start at the 10, um, can I just admit I've lied multiple times? Or covet, yes, that's a good one. Any of those things. I admit, I am a sinner, and that's what you need to do too. I have sinned against God and against man, David said, and I have said the same thing. The good news is, is that God knows what we needed before we needed it. And so he provided a way for us to be reconciled to God. It's through Jesus, his son. Because we needed a sacrifice that would be sufficient for all of us, for all mankind, for all time. And the only thing that can fill an eternal need for eternal sacrifice is an eternal God. So he set himself down here with us. He became a man taking on flesh, being fully God and fully man. And he lived a sinless life so that he could die a sinner's death. And he took to the cross and he died for me and he died for you and for the sin that we found ourselves steeped in. And when we accept that truth and we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we are saved. That means we're saved from eternal damnation, but it also means it's saved from a meaningless life now. It means we're saved for something greater now. It means we're saved on purpose for a purpose now. So I want to tell you, if you haven't made a decision for Jesus Christ today, I want you to begin to think and pray about that as you sit in your seat because I'm going to give you an opportunity later to pray a prayer with me, to accept Jesus. Maybe this is your first time understanding the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and understanding what that means for you. So just know that your purpose is to know God and he does it so that you can find freedom. But we want you to discover your purpose today. So my second point that I want you to know today is that your purpose is love. Your purpose is love. So after understanding that our purpose begins with God, the Father, and Christ, our Redeemer, we have to ask why. What in the world would an almighty creator want with you, with me? I don't mean that derogatorily. I'm sure you're great. But really, he has everything. So what What was the purpose that he created us? What purpose could we actually serve God for? And here's what it says in Ephesians. Paul wrote to the uh, church at Ephesus. He said, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love. I love this next part. To be whole, to be made whole and holy by his love. He wants to make you whole. And he wants you to be made holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. You see, you were created for love. God has planted in each of us a desire to be known and to know him. It's a relationship. You were created to be loved by God, and he desires your love in return. It's all about relationship with him. Look, God was perfectly content. He did not need to create the earth. He did not need to create humanity. He did not need to create animals or plant life to sustain us. The miracle of the earth's very existence is crazy to me. It's amazing what efforts God went through to have a relationship, one in which we could freely choose. Because love is not love if it isn't free. So he made sure that we would have a choice to love and a choice to choose because he didn't want robots. He wanted relationship. God wants a relationship with you, not, not just a transactional relationship when you're in hot water. Anybody play, pray hot water prayers? Because I pray hot water prayers, y'all. Lord Jesus, if you get me out of this ticket right now, I, I promise, I will promise God some stuff. It is not good all the time, okay? Not just transactional, but a real relationship where you sit and you listen, God, what do you want me to hear from you today? And you go to his word day after day and you become a habitual lover of God. It is amazing what happens when we are surrendered knowing that God desires relationship with us. I mean, what other creation is capable of relationship? You were created for and crave the perfect love of God. And this gives us the second truth about our purpose. And it gives us our heading. If we were created to know God, and Christ is the foundation of our purpose, and we know that our purpose is love, then now we know what we are to be pursuing. So I want to tell you what your purpose is not. And I think this is where a lot of us get caught up and we get wrapped up, we get tripped up. I don't know if you've seen this show, but on uh, from Angel Studios, you can download an app. It's called The Chosen. It is probably one of my favorite representations of the life of Christ that's ever been written and produced. It really is that good. Listen, can we all just be honest? Like Christian drama in the past, so cheesy. Oh, my gosh, like terrible see-through costumes, like terrible. I, I, I love you guys, but I will never do a play here because it just drives me nuts. If it cannot be quality, I don't want to do it, right? It just needs to be top-notch. But The Chosen is top-notch. It's like really good. And in The Chosen, if you see this, uh, you're going to flip through to about episode eight, okay? So go home, download it, watch episode eight today, and you'll get a little more perspective. But Matthew, as he's portrayed in this, is amazing. He's given his life to his profession, and it's cost him dearly. Matthew is a tax collector employed by the Romans, and he taxes his fellow Jews. Well, the practice is you tax people with just a little bit higher than they actually owe to the Roman government, so you cover your expenses. Well, this easily lends itself to corruption because you can just charge a little extra, get a lot extra money, And then you can charge more and get more money. So this is the the life that Matthew has chosen. He is sitting in a tax booth, and he's rejected by the Jews because he's a tax collector, and he's rejected by the Romans because he's a Jew, but he's got skills, and so they've employed him. And he does a good job. But one day, Jesus walked in front of his booth and said to him, Follow me. I love the portrayal because Matthew in The Chosen is so shocked. He goes, me? And Jesus says, yeah, you. Follow me. And he shuts that booth down so fast. His need and love to be loved and to be known is so evident. And he knows that his purpose is going to be fulfilled when he finds that love. And that love is standing right in front of him, calling his name. And I'm telling you today that God is standing in front of you and he is calling your name Follow me, come with me, come away with me. Matthew leaves his booth with its provision. He removes his rings of power, the seal that gives him the right and the ability to speak for the Roman government, and he places it in the Roman guard's hand who has served as his protector. Matthew left chasing his provision so he could find his purpose. I want to tell you today that your purpose is not provision. Your purpose in this life is not simply to get money, to eat food or to have clothes, or a home. Our Lord Jesus was homeless because he made his home in our hearts. Matthew left chasing provision so he could find real purpose. And for Matthew, there was no turning back. Others could return to masonry or fishing. And Peter did. Peter also followed Jesus and left fishing behind. But listen, at the end of the day, he could go back to fishing. But Matthew could never go back to tax collecting. He knew it was final when he walked away from that job. He burned the bridges and any possibility of returning to that life. But two changes happened when Matthew decided to follow Jesus, to shift his purpose from provision to relationship. Number one is Jesus gave him a new life. He instantly had brothers and sisters in the disciples. He instantly had a family that he'd never experienced before. He had a relationship that could not be replaced. You see, God tells us in his word that he puts the lonely, he puts the orphans in families. This is a family. Hope Church is a family. And if you felt lonely, and if you felt abandoned, or if you've been hurt by churches in the past, I'm telling you, welcome home. This is your family. We are your people. He belonged to God. This meant everything for him. But the second change that Jesus gave Matthew was a new purpose for his skills. When he followed Jesus, the only tool from his past job that he carried with him was his pen. And God would put that pen to work. You read Matthew's words 2,000 years later because of his skills that he developed when he was in a job that wasn't fulfilling his life. From the beginning, God made him a record keeper. From the very beginning, those skills would be used by God to pen his finest work, the book of Matthew, He was seeing and chronicling everything that Jesus said and did. His work was for the kingdom and his work was eternal and his work was joyful and his work was satisfying and all was birthed out of his knowledge that his foundation had to be Christ, that he was made for love and that that love would result in his purpose way more than his provision ever could. I am telling you, Do not chase money. Matthew's experience points out that each of us from the very beginning is one of God's works in progress. Much of what God has for us gives us long before we are able to consciously respond to him. He has gifted each and every single one of you with skills and abilities, with personality traits that are unique to you on purpose for a purpose that God wants to fulfill in your life. And when we trust him with what he's given us, we begin a life of real adventure. When I invite somebody into faith, the first thing I tell them is you need to know that what you're about to embark on is actual adventure. Your life will never be the same. It might get crazy because this journey with Jesus is amazing and it's an adventure. Matthew couldn't have known that God would use the very skills that he had sharpened as a tax collector to record the greatest story ever told. But God had put it in him from the start. And God has no less meaningful purpose for you. There are skills and abilities that he's cultivated in you that now, if you would let him, he would use to fulfill your life in such ways that give you joy that you never knew were possible. And this is what Jesus said In one of the greatest sermons ever preached, ever, ever, he says this. So do not worry, saying, what shall I eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day, is enough trouble of its own. So this begs two questions. What is the kingdom of God? And what is his righteousness? The kingdom of God is this. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit of God. So I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. Where do I primarily spend my energies? Is it in temporary material things, food and clothes, or is it in eternal things, using my skills and talents to further God's message of redemption to mankind? Where are you primarily spending your energies? Because this will tell you whether or not you are seeking God's kingdom first. So how do you seek God's righteousness? I found this little blurb, and I thought it was pretty fantastic. We pursue righteousness when we pursue the character of Christ and desire holiness more than fleshly indulgence. We avoid the temptation to become self-righteous when we understand that true righteousness begins with God in humility. We remember that Jesus said, "'Apart from me, you can do nothing.'" In other words, if you're not in a relationship with God, you can't do anything for God. When we spend time in the presence of God, we become aware of our sin and our shortcomings. And a dingy shirt looks white beside a dark wall. But when compared with the snow, the same shirt looks dirty. Pride and self-righteousness cannot remain in the presence of a holy God. So pursuing righteousness begins when a humble heart seeks the presence of God continually. The humble, believing heart leads to a lifestyle of righteous action acceptable to God. You see, Matthew's purpose wasn't the provision of taxes. Peter's purpose wasn't in the fish that he caught to feed his family and the village. Your purpose isn't the provision. Your purpose is the kingdom of God and righteousness. So how can you be able to discover what he has for you specifically in his kingdom? So glad you asked. Great question. You guys are so good at question asking. The first thing I want you to do and write down is this talk to the one who made you. Talk to him. Talk to Jesus. Ask him where he wants you in his kingdom. Where do you want me, God? Every person has walked in the purpose of the kingdom of God, began their journey with a conversation. Matthew started with a conversation. Jesus said, follow me, and he said, yes. It's the start of a conversation. Peter said, have mercy on me, God, I'm a sinner. I don't don't deserve you to give me these fish. And Jesus said, get up, Peter, because you're going to be a foundation in my church. It begins with a conversation. Follow me, and I will show you your purpose, says God. God. Prayer is more than talking and asking, though. It's listening. When you endeavor to, to have a relationship with God, I would encourage you wholeheartedly to take time every day. Take a blank notebook and a pen. Find yourself a quiet, kid-free spot, if possible. Okay, people with littles. Find a quiet area where you can really focus on God and take that blank notebook and say, God, fill it up. Plan in me visions, plan in me dreams. God, let me hear your voice today. And you know what? If you don't hear it the first day, that's okay. You come right back the second day. And every day after. And I guarantee you, you will fill that notebook up. And it'll be an amazing journal of what God is doing in your life. You have a purpose. On purpose, for a purpose, talk to the one who made you. My second uh, instruction for you in finding your purpose is read the owner's manual. Read that Lego book. The Lego book is the Lord's word. This is what Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, and it was written in my Bible by my dad. The summer after I accepted Jesus as my Savior, my dad gave me a study Bible. And in the front, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. It's an advice I followed. Not perfectly, mind you, but I followed it. And when my feet strayed off the path, I remembered this verse. And I began to submit my life and always come right back on the path. To find God's will, we need to completely trust God's judgment and timing. And we do this uh, a couple of ways. The first thing is you seek God before you start making decisions, not after. Okay, this is my, this is my problem. I'm not going to lie. I have great ideas, but they're not all God ideas. Can we just be honest? Not all of your great ideas are God ideas. And I will start charging after my great idea and then go, hey, God, could you bless this? Could you, like, be in this thing? And he's like, um, pause. Did you ask me before? No, so my advice to you is do not start something and ask God to get in on what you're doing. Rather, ask God what he wants you to do and do that. Ask God what he wants you to do and do that. Next thing is spend time reading the Bible before making any decisions. Spend time in God's word. Understand what worked and what didn't work. And can we just be honest? There is weird stuff in the Bible, okay? But the weird stuff with the bad guys is not instructions on how to be saved, okay? It's not instructions on how to live a Christian life. It's meant to warn you, and there's some good advice. Man, Proverbs is full of it. If you can't do anything else, man, read one chapter of Proverbs every day of the month. Like this is simple. You can do this. I, I believe in you. It's it's great advice. Follow it. The next thing we we do is we must consider his will as revealed in scripture as we grapple with decisions in life. Ask if I am waiting for God's will to be known to me and I feel delayed, I may need to ask if I've been obedient to the last thing he told me to do. Don't try to move on if you haven't been obedient to what he told you in the first place. If you are wanting to do something new for God but you still haven't done the last thing he asked you to do, if you still haven't broken free from that addiction, if you still haven't walked away from the thing that was holding you back, don't try to move forward until you've done what the last thing he told you. It's probably what he's waiting for. So be obedient in every step. Trust and obey. Obedience is key. Jesus told the parable of uh, the talents. In the end of it all, he had given uh, talents to each servant. Five, like three or two, and then like one. Okay? And The one who invested his gift the right way, God praised. But the one who didn't, he didn't make any money off of the investment that his master had given him. And Jesus said, I will put you in charge of little. And if you're faithful with little, then I will give you much. You gotta be faithful with the little. Listen, my ministry started out cleaning bathrooms in church. My ministry grew from bathrooms to clipping coupons in the office. I have worked, I think, in every position in a church since then. I have been in kids' ministry and little kids' ministry and then youth ministry and then adult ministry and then disciple ministry and now leading Hope Church. And it's because I was faithful to the little, and God gave me more. And I still clean the bathrooms. (laughs) Something's never changed. You still keep those humble roots, okay? But God has given me so much more. The final thing that I would ask for you to discover your purpose is for you to take your next step. And I would suggest that your next step, if you haven't already gone through the process, is growth track. Growth Track is our way to help you discover the reason God made you by giving you a personality assessment and a spiritual gifts assessment where we can help you connect right here in church with a team that's going to help you cultivate your skills and gifts and allow you to make a difference right here at Tope Church and then in our community through outreach. You see, 87% of the body of Christ doesn't know what part they are. They don't know where they fit into God's greater work in his church. But 1 Corinthians says this. It says, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. So you have a function in the body of Christ. You have a function in this church. Some of you have the gift of photography. And you use that gift and skill in this church. And it's amazing. Some of you have the gift of um, playing an instrument. Some of you have the gift of singing. Some of you have the gift of giving. And yes, that's a gift. And your financial support making the kingdom bigger through your giving is amazing. And we need those gifts in this church. Some of you have the gift of mercy. And I need you in care team. I need you to be able to pray with people. Some of you have the gift of a warm smile. And you just have a hospitality gift. Hey, we need you on the care team or the host team. Did you know that Hope Church has a prison ministry? If you didn't, guess what we do. And God is making moves in that ministry. We have, we have a prisoner that we have helped support. You financially have helped support, provide him with his bachelor's degree in Christian counseling. And when he leaves prison in January, he will have his bachelor's degree because of your giving, because you played a part, and because one of our team reached out and said, hey, how can we be praying for you? We have several prisoners that we write to and visit often, and God is doing amazing things, and maybe God is calling you to be one of those people that help step into that zone and help step into that prison so that you can make a difference. We want to help you discover that. Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given each of us, and we want to help you discover that gift through growth track. Don't worry, we feed you food, okay? And we don't chintz about food. I'm serious about food in this church, okay? Food is good, And I think a a full tummy learns better than an empty one. So we have good dinner for you. Um, And you can come and discover in three hours what you were made for, on purpose, for a purpose. If you don't pursue God's call for your life, you will chase after other other things and you will never be fully satisfied. I know. I did it. I know because I did it. I tried everything else. And there is nothing more satisfying than this job. I was having a discussion with somebody else and they were like, man, I'm kind of dreading Monday. And I was like, I get that. I remember that feeling, but I don't feel that way anymore because I'm doing what God's called me to do. And it's a joy. And it's given me the opportunity to feel fulfilled. Listen, God's provision is power and it's power to do the king's work on the king's behalf. You've been given a seal in Christ Jesus as a ring. And you have the authority in Jesus' name to go and be a witness, to lead people back home to the Father, to tell them their purpose in life, to invite them to Hope Church. If you are not inviting people to Hope Church, you gotta do it. This could change somebody's life. It can put families back together. It can give them a purpose. It can help them have a family when they feel lost. So this morning, I would love to invite you to Growth Track. It's really easy. It's going to be at the Hope Church offices, which is located right in C. For dinners provided for you, and if you need childcare, we will figure that out too. That is not a problem. 10, 23, 22. Sign up. It's next Sunday. Real easy. Real easy, and it's so worth it. Earlier today, I told you that I would ask if you wanted to start a relationship with Jesus. That I was going to pray with you, and here's the moment. So if you would close your eyes and bow your head and just kind of focus on you for a minute. Maybe you've never made a decision to say yes to Jesus. Today's your day. Today you can discover your purpose and lay the foundation for the rest of your life by getting right with God through Jesus. If that's you today, you can pray something like this. Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. I'm saying yes to you today. I'm saying that's me, I'm the one. I pray, God, that you would help me to know you and to know my purpose and to fulfill my purpose. I know that you came for me, that you're going to forgive my sin and set me right with God, so I say yes. If that's you today, I would love you to take that connection card and just check a little box on the left-hand corner that says, today I said yes to Jesus. Or you can snap the QR code screen on the, on the screen with your phone. It's really simple. It's just going to send you a text. It's just saying, we're so excited that you said yes to Jesus. You can text, that's me, to 94000. If you're listening online, you can, you can still respond. It's never too late. Maybe you're here today and you know God, but you need to reconnect to him and you've walked away and like I said, you've wandered off the path a little bit. It's never too late to come home and if that's you, I would love for you to say yes and you can also snap the QR code, but I want to pray with you. I'd love for you to pray something like this. Say, Lord, I know that I have wandered off the path and I want to reconnect to you. I want to recommit my life to you. I want to say, I'm back. I'm coming back to a relationship with God that is life-giving and joyful. God, wash anything away from me that's keeping me disconnected from you. Wash away my sin so that I can reconnect because I know that without Jesus, I can't do anything. If that's you, you can text I'm back to 94000 or snap the QR code on the screen. But I would love for you to sign up for Growth Track. If you said yes to Jesus today, sign up for Growth Track. If you reconnected with God, sign up for Growth Track. Whatever you do, sign up for Growth Track. If you haven't signed up for groups, do that as well. We are so grateful for you today, and we pray that you would invite somebody next week. Bring your friends, bring your family. It's going to be an amazing Sunday to celebrate people dedicating their children to the Lord. It's going to be awesome. So, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Go, go, shine light. God bless you guys. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.